If you're looking for a fun project or a well-built, high-quality chicken coop, look no further than Cutest Coops. We both love our Charming Coops. The Charming Coop is the smallest coop from Cutest Coops and has been carefully engineered to have the easiest assembly on the market, generally only taking one to two people. This coop arrives unassembled and unpainted, but it's pre-primed and ready to go. It offers a spacious interior, high-quality weather-resistant materials, and comes with the signature clean-out-the-coop door that allows for easy cleaning. It's a perfect way to get started with a small flock of chickens. So go check them out at cutestcoops.com and use code COOPANDFARM to get $100 off your coop. Hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. I can't open my beer. Oh, no. Uh (laughs) There we go. I just had to put it down on the desk. Jeez, this just does not want me to drink it. You needed some leverage. I did. (laughs) (sighs) What a way to start a mini-sode. Well, did you open something over there? No, I actually mixed a drink. I decided to get fancy like you. Oh, what did you mix? So I made some homemade strawberry lemonade kombucha. Ooh. And I mixed half and half that with Sprite and threw a shot of gin in it. Well, aren't you fancy over there? Yeah, and it is really good, but I think next time I make one, I'll leave the Sprite out. I wanted like a little more bubbly than what my kombucha actually got because I'm having trouble with like the second fermentation phase, so I'm not getting like quite as much fizz as I want, so I thought the Sprite would take care of that, but it watered down the flavor just a little too much. So next time, I think I'm just going to do the kombucha with the gin and see mm. how that goes, but it's it's really good. So hmm. uh, what did you finally get open over there? <laughs> So I opened a Boulevard Brewing Company Plaid Habit, mm. which is a Canadian whiskey barrel aged Imperial Brown Ale limited release. It's another <laughs> darker one. So I was like, you know what? It's starting to get warm. I better finish these. But it has plaid on it, too. So I felt like it was appropriate for the podcast. Totally appropriate. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things, the Minnesota. I almost Yay. said miniature and mini soda at the same time, and it came out really weird. <laughs> I understood what you meant, though, and maybe you just need to keep drinking and it'll be fine. It's the gin's fault. <laughs> it's the gin. Blame it on the gin. <laughs> and in our mini sodes, we are attempting to make these mini sodes more about you and the things that you sent us, like your can't evens, your farm stories, and your questions. So without you, these minisodes would not be possible. Yes. And also, this minisode wouldn't be possible without our drink peep, which is our friend Elise Ferguson, which is at EGF Brahma Mama over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So, Bev, do you want to kick us off with this first one? Because I feel like it's appropriate for you to share this one. 
Yes, it is totally appropriate. So this one was dropped into our group by Jill Kaiser Green, and it is Donkey Nannies. (laughs) And when I saw it in the group, I was like, what on earth are Donkey Nannies? And Donkey Nannies are these adorable donkeys that are wearing these like pack saddles that are stuffed full of baby lambs. And I was like, oh, (laughs) it is pretty adorable. (laughs) I'm looking at this and I'm like, I wonder if I could get Herc and Jupe to wear these and just like stuff them full of baby goats all the time. (laughs) I mean, maybe, but definitely supervised. Yes. So the reason that they do this is these donkeys actually carry the baby lambs down from the mountains for seasonal grazing in the spring um, from this place called Lombardy. And I'm guessing that that's like somewhere in the UK or something like that. I don't know. I don't know where Lombardy is, but it looks very picturesque. So (laughs) you guys should go check that out. (laughs) So our next can't even that was shared in the group uh, was from Vanessa Smiley. And uh, I won't read the whole thing because it's actually really long, but we will link to it in the show notes. Um, But it's this Twitter saga of this bird named Domino. And she's a hen that was rescued. And she wants to lay an egg, but has to keep stopping in order to scream at the wind every time there's a gust. Because life (laughs) as a chicken is very complicated sometimes. (laughs) And it goes on to say, just over a year ago, our neighbors asked me if I was missing a chicken because one was had been spotted on the meadow outside our house. I was not missing a hen. About six weeks later, someone caught the hen and brought her to me, assuming she was mine. She was not. <laughs> she was very thin and weak, so I brought her indoors and set about finding her owner. She clearly loved being around people, and we assumed she was a pet. We advertised everything, but no one claimed her. She lived in our bathroom for six weeks while we tried to find her owner. New hens have to be quarantined, preferably with a quarantine buddy. That way, if they have recovered for something infectious but remain a carrier, you'll find out when the other bird gets sick. I learned some carpentry and made her a coop and brought her an, and bought her a new friend. The big gray bird in the is a bantam Brahma. Full-size Brahmas are huge. They are gentle giants, though, and we figured that a big word, a big bird would defend Domino, since she's a dinky little bantam, about half the size of the existing flock. Her friend, my friend, named her Michelle Obrama. <laughs> Honey, I love it. Domino wasn't delighted with losing her heated towel rail privileges or sharing her new pl- palace with a stranger, but the two hens quickly became best buds. A few weeks later. And with neither bird sick, they were ready to start being introduced to my other girls. To start, we moved the quarantine coop close to the other birds so they could see each other, but not touch before letting them spend some time together. This is Cleo, one of my cream leg bars. Domino, Domino decided now is the time to assert dominance and immediately picked a fight with her. They went straight for each other's faces, bit off a chunk of each other's combs, and there was blood everywhere. This is this is her. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me, face. <laughs> this is also the point at which I started to wonder, WTF, I had brought upon myself. <laughs> yeah. We eventually got Domino to calm 
TF down (laughs) by supervising short visits with the other girls and gradually increasing the amount of time she spent with them. She's half the size of my other birds, but she was not satisfied until she was officially head of the pecking order. And I'll stop there because it's still a lot longer. But if you want to learn more about the saga of Domino, um, there's still quite a bit left. So we'll link to that in the show notes because it is a very interesting and funny ending, I will say. But I won't spoil (laughs) it. I'll let you guys go read it. Yeah, it is. It's hilarious. I love it. And I'm sure that you guys out there have a bird like this in your flock and we would like to hear their story, please. And thank you. Uh (laughs) Yes, please share. So our next uh, can't even is from Cindy Rains Clark in our Facebook group. And she says, I can't even with these goats. Mm-hmm. And I can't either because these goats look like something between a goat and a sheepdog. They have like these big, <laughs> fluffy, long coats. And they're yes. just like strutting their stuff all over the place. And I... Have no idea what kind of goats these are. Do you? No, but it almost reminds me of like an Angora rabbit. Yeah. So I don't know. Is like Angora goat a thing? I have no idea. <laughs> um, apparently it is. And that is not what they are. <laughs> Angora goats kind of look like sheep a little bit. Oh, I know what Angora goats are. Yeah, they're like curly. And yeah, you can totally use their fiber to like spin into yarn because I have some of their fiber right now. Uh, fancy. But yeah, yeah. These, these these goats are memor- mesmerizing. I really enjoyed them. So you'll have to check those out, guys. Yeah, I'm Googling long shaggy goats. Oh, this is important. I hope you can find it. Um, So far, I'm not finding anything. Let's see. Goat that looks like sheepdog. <laughs> <laughs> this is the content everybody came here for. Let's it, be honest. It totally is. I mean, they, I know that they missed us Googling things and yeah. just randomly talking about it on the podcast. We That's like a throwback to... <laughs> yeah. We haven't done that in a while. <laughs> mm, so I'm not finding anything. So the Google is failing me. So if someone knows what these sheep dog looking goats are please please enlighten us we will do a (laughs) follow-up yeah maybe someone just took an angora goat and like give it a blowout or brought like took a hair straightener to it i don't really know oh that's totally a possibility but it reminds me of like every female that'll be walking out of a salon when hair salons open back up like that swagger and like you're just feeling yourself after you get you know your hair done and it's blown out Ugh, God, (laughs) when will that Uh, be? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. I wish I could tell you. You should see my gray hair. It's intense. Maybe we need to get sponsored by Madison Reed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. So our next one is was posted in our group by Sarah LeBlanc. Um, She says, this is my can't even for the week. What else is 2020 going to throw at us? And she posted an article with a headline of Hungry Rats May Turn to Cannibalism During the Coronavirus Outbreak and It Could Lead to a Breed of of Aggressive, Resilient Rats in the Future. What? Yeah. So I'll read the bullet points here, which summarize everything. It says, according to multiple experts, rats left hungry amid food shortages during the novel coronavirus outbreak are turning to cannibalism to survive. 
Experts warn that cannibalism could lead to a smarter, more aggressive rat breed in the future. One expert said rats breed quickly with a 23-day pregnancy period, and those smarter, more aggressive rats could produce a more resilient group of rats searching for food by any means necessary. That sounds like a horror story wow. waiting to happen. Who's going to star in that movie? I don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> I don't like it. That's so gross. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. And our last can't even was dropped in the group by <laughs> Katie Montgomery. Yay. And yeah. it's this adorable little chick that is cleaning this dude's teeth. Mm-hmm. And he's got a handlebar mustache. It doesn't look like he's wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah. And this no. chick is just pecking around in his mouth. And I'm like, mm, nope, not going to do it. That's questionable. But, you know, desperate times, man. The dentist is only open for emergencies right now. So, yes. I mean, the chicken is, the, he probably just paid the little chick and some grublies or something to take care of any <laughs> issues he might have. <laughs> So he's a trailblazer yeah. in chicken keeping. But I do not recommend that. Guys, don't go off and put a baby chick in your mouth right now. That's not, not, no. You no. Might, you might catch something. Salmonella. <laughs> yeah. Not it's COVID-19. Salmonella. <laughs> <laughs> oh. If you're still feeding your flock mealworms, listen up. With Grublies, you can give your chickens all of that protein for their feathers, plus 50 times more calcium for their eggs. So say goodbye to throwing handfuls of made-in-China mealworms to your chickens, and hello to a happier, healthier flock with Grubly Farms Grublies, the official chicken snack of the Drink and Farm podcast. Grublies now has World Harvest Grublies, which are grown all over the world but never China, the original Grublies, which are grown in the USA, and they have feed. Talk about a one-stop shop for feed and healthy chicken snacks. So head on over to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order today. Okay, so we do have a farm story today, um, and it is from our friend Vanessa Smiley at Six Paws Farm. I think that's what it's called. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's a rescue and sanctuary. That's right. That's where I was getting hung up. Okay. Uh, so she sent us a story via email. Uh, Bev, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Sure, I can read it. Okay. All right. The title of the email is, congrats, it's twins. Ooh, what kind <laughs> Ooh. of, for a human or an animal? <laughs> I hope it's an animal. Me too. <laughs> she says, hi, Bev and Sam. It's Vanessa again from Six Paws Farms and Animal Sanctuary. Well, that answers our question. <laughs> <laughs> Does Sam just read what's on the screen? <laughs> I remembered I owe you a story about how we ended up with our bottle baby goats. Call me. That was the text I got from my husband, Lonnie, on Tuesday, January 29th, 2019 at about 4.15 p.m. I never get texts like that from him. I was at work, but immediately called him, worried about what was going on. I already have the answer, but I have to ask, he said when he picked up the phone. Our elderly goat farmer neighbor, Jerry, had two baby goats whose mother wanted nothing to do with them. Aww. 
They had been born earlier that day to the first-time mom, and their only chance of survival at this point was to be bottle-fed and raised. Jerry's wife is in the early stages of dementia, requiring a lot of time and attention from him. And he also had his farm to manage on top of that. He confessed he didn't have the ability to do what these two orphaned babies needed. And so he called Lonnie in hopes that we might be willing to take the, take on the challenge, knowing that it would be a tough road and likely that at least one, if not both, wouldn't make it. No question, we're taking them. I'll be home in 20 minutes, I told Lonnie. Armed with colostrum replacer, baby bottles, a space heater, towels, vitamin B complex, and a thermometer, we brought them home within the hour and began the process of trying to raise their temperatures back to normal range so we could try to get some colostrum into them. The bigger twin was quickly more awake, more active, and more curious. It was his much smaller brother we were worried about. Glassy-eyed, lethargic, tiny, and cold, I cried as I rubbed his neck and chest, hoping to increase his circulation. He was too cold, too quiet, and too small, but we refused to give up. After an hour, they were able to bottle feed, but we were cautious. There was still a lot to get through before we could relax. They were still struggling to maintain their body temperature despite our efforts. But you know what common household pet has the same normal body temperature as a goat? A cat. Mm. Our old lady cat can't say no to a heated space, and she managed to scoot into the briefly open bathroom door and meandered her way over to where the babies were laying. Nonplussed by what these new creatures were, she settled right in between them and curled up for a nap. (laughs) I stayed up all night with them that night, checking them for life and warmth, feeding little bits of colostrum as best I could. It was rough. But they did survive the night. Obstacle one was over. More colostrum, got a play tent, switched to milk, another somewhat sleepless night, and suddenly, they were thriving baby goats. Yay! The fact that the smaller twin was essentially lifeless when we picked him up, and within a day became a boisterous little buckling, is a true miracle. And I honestly believe it was our old lady cat who was the final touch on this miracle. I've included a picture to this email of her snuggled in between the boys. Oh, I can't wait to scroll down and see that. Today, Bruce the bigger twin and Beasley the smaller are unstoppable one-year-old hooligans who continue (laughs) to bring us joy every day. Yes, even when they manage to escape through the smallest holes and run off to eat the roses in the flower beds. Thanks for listening and reading. Cheers. Oh, I love that so much. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And I did look at the pictures earlier. I did not pop them in the show notes. So you'll have to look through our email to find them. But we could probably download those and put them on the Patreon because they are pretty cute. Oh, yes. Let's do that. I'll get them downloaded and popped up onto the Patreon with the outtakes from this episode. So Patreon peeps will get to enjoy them. I just took a screenshot and... texted them to you so you could see because it's so cute and they got floppy little ears and they're just cute little babies oh that's so cute good job it just came through oh i love it cats are the best i really like cats now i used to not be a cat person (laughs) now i'm a cat person (laughs) you have some really nice barn cats that help you run around uh, yes, I do. They're very helpful with their farm cho- with my farm chores, not their farm chores. They can't do farm <laughs> chores, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, Bustafer, now that he is a uh, the one-man show, he is very helpful, but now he wants all the attention. 
and likes to rub on my legs and he lets me pick him up and he just yells at me the whole time if I don't touch him. So he's become a little more needy. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) So you guys can send us your farm stories, your can't evens and your questions a few different ways. You can send them to us in our Facebook group via Facebook Messenger, Instagram, or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. Or you can call us because we have a phone number and we also figured out that you can in fact text us at that phone number. So if you have a question, you can text us and we can't promise that we'll respond right away. We'll probably save it for a mini-sode, but we'll let you know that we got it at the very least. So you can text us or leave us a voicemail at 401-426-3276, which is 401-426-FARM. There is a three-minute limit on the voicemail, so if you need to go past three minutes, that's okay. Just call back and start a new message. Yeah. And be sure and hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen, because that helps the podcast a lot, you guys. You have no idea. Yes. And Leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts to possibly be entered into a monthly drawing. And please share this episode over on Instagram and your stories and tag us. We're at Drink and Farm because we'll send you a promo code that's good just for this episode. That'll give you a percentage off in our shop. And you definitely want to do that before the end of the month if you want to get our April shirt of the month because that'll be disappearing by the end of this week. Yes. And also make sure that you look at the show notes for links to our social media, merch shop, and the other fun things that we talked about today. And that's it, guys. That's our mini-sode. We hope you enjoyed it. Yes. Thanks for listening. It was fun. We love these. So fun. And until next time. Drink. Farm. And give zero clucks. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm.